Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Banners Broadcast. I'm Chris Grenham. With me, as always, founder, CEO, CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. Nick, what's up, man? Dude, tired, sick, and tired of talking about the Celtics slow start. You don't want to. Do you we, don't want to talk about shots. Do we have to do that this week? <laughs> you don't want to talk we... about it. It's okay. So that's fair. It's been a little beaten to death. The slow start, which. To be fair, you did predict a couple weeks ago on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I wish I was wrong. That was I wish you were too, but you're not. It's a slow start, but nobody panic. It's it's obviously they're not playing well. That's that's a fact. But I think they'll figure it out. They'll be okay. They're still tweaking with lineups. Aaron Baines injured, so let's not talk about that. Instead, let's talk about the last pass, a new book that just came out by Gary Pomerantz, the last pass, Koozie Russell, the Celtics, and what matters. In the end, it's a book that dives into the relationship between Bob Cousy and Bill Russell in the late 1950s, early 1960s, right at the heart of the civil rights movement. And it's almost a reflection, an inner reflection by Bob Cousy. Uh, Gary Pomerantz did a really great job of discussing over over countless over over countless interviews with uh, with Bob Cousy and diving in. So we'll stick to the historical sense with this episode and not talk about the the stalling offense. What a great interview. I've done a lot of interviews, Chris, right? sports and non, and that uh, it was fitting for today. And, and uh, oh, by the way, today's episode is powered by DraftKings. There you go. I have to throw that in there. Use the promo code Celtics, DraftKings.com, promo code. Promo code Celtics. Celtics, promo code Celtics. And also, a quick side note, happy birthday. This will be released on Thursday. Happy oh. birthday to co-host Nick Gelso. Nick? We don't need to tell the age, but happy, I thank you very happy, much. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hopefully I, we can get... A Celtics win against the Thunder for a nice birthday present, which would be, be, which would be ideal. Great gift would be a Celtics win, riding the ship here. But, uh, geez, Chris, I think that the the, the the real power behind this interview that, that we're going to run into really quickly now is uh, getting inside that film room when Bob Cousy spoke to the 2018-19 Celtics. Yeah, Gary I mean, Gary kind of went into what he said to the team, what he spoke to Kyrie Irving about, and it kind of gave us a behind-the-scenes look about their visit with the team on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, um, with the Celtics yeah. at the Auerbach Center. So pretty interesting stuff. We'll jump into it. There's no point in us rambling on. Let's get to our interview with Gary Pomerantz. Chris, powering this show is DraftKings, and man, I wish I could use my promo code Celtics to draft Bob Cousy today on DraftKings, but I I can't do it, man. It's it's too many decades nice. too late. 
It's worth the risk, though, because uh, use our promo code Celtics. That one's easy to remember. So go to DraftKings.com or use the mobile app. Use the promo code Celtics. Make a deposit in any amount, and DraftKings will give you an amazing bonus offer. Don't forget the millions of dollars in prizes DraftKings is giving away right now. So, yeah, may not be able to draft Bob Cousy, but you could draft uh, Rajon Rondo or, geez, Steph Curry. I'll take Curry uh, so, over, over yeah, Rondo. A lot of guys over there. Yeah. So go over to DraftKings.com, use the promo code Celtics, support the show. And now we are pleased to welcome on author of The Last Pass, Gary Pomerantz. Thank you for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. So you got a chance earlier this week to, with Bob Cousy, who's a main factor in your new book, to meet with the Celtics, meet with Brad Stevens. But first, let's let's talk about the book. Let's talk about the process of writing the book. It's not just a basketball book. A lot of this is about the relationship between Bob Cousy and Bill Russell at a pretty serious time in our country, you know, the late 1950s, early 1960s, right at the heart of the civil rights movement, it was, you know, the, the, the country was teetering at that point. So tell us a little bit about the process and how you kind of approach this, this deep topic. Well, it's really a book about what matters in the end. You know, Russell and Cousy, that's the Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig of the great mm-hmm. Celtic dynasty. It's kind of hard to believe now that, that Bob Cousy's 90 and Bill Russell is 84. Right. And, you know, I've interviewed Bob now 53 times. I never interviewed anyone 53 times wow. uh, over the last three years. Some at his home in Worcester, sometimes uh, at his condo in uh, South Florida. Uh, a lot of them by phone. And, um, you know, he would call and leave messages on my answering machine. It's all number 14 calling. <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he, would, he had been thinking about our last interview, and he, he had more to say. And, um, you know, the reason for his call. And, and more often than not, the, the topic was race and Bill Russell. You know, Bob's been going through a deep self-examination in these interviews. And, um, you know, he uh, has some regrets about his relationship with Russell during those seven years when they were teammates. And, and, and we know that it's rare in America for a 90-year-old white man to reconsider race and how it played out in his life. Right. And I think it's kind of fitting at this huh. point in especially that's why I was with, going Chris with, for sure with, yeah with basketball I mean you have someone like LeBron James who is butting heads with you know national broadcasters national reporters that are telling him basketball players should just shut up and dribble it's that kind of theme that has been pretty relevant over the last few months maybe half a year or so and I think it's important that you point out the self-reflection that Kuzi is going through. How long ago did this process start? When did you first interview? And who contacted who? Uh, yeah. Well, I reached out to Jeff Twist, the uh, long-term publicist for the team. Yep. And uh, if he could help me get in touch with Kuzi and Heinsohn and Fat Sanders, uh, you know, this is my sixth nonfiction book, and my last one was about a great football empire, the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 1970s, with Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris and Mean Joe Green. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to take on another dynasty. I thought about the Yankees of the 50s and the Yankees of the 20s, uh, but you know, most of those men have, have passed. And then I thought basketball. Well, of course, the Celtics, 57 to 69, and won 11 titles in 13 years. You know, the Lakers like to talk about coining that term for a three-peat. Well, in, in the fall of 1966, the Celtics with eight in a row were going for eight a nine-peat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, 
Jeff came, I sent Jeff an email and Jeff reported back to me an email saying that Mr. Cousy, uh, his wife passed away two years ago and he's had a couple of medical procedures. He's kind of, you know, really not interested in doing this. And I, I thought, you know, I can't write about this team without the captain. All right. And, you need and, him. Uh, so I wrote a more emphatic email, uh, this time uh, referring to an interview I'd done by telephone with Bob uh, for a book I'd done 10 years ago, well, longer, actually, um, uh, on Will Chamberlain's 100-point game. And I'd interviewed Bob at that time. It was a phone interview, and it was about a 45-minute interview. And uh, he had made a passing reference to, to regrets that he had that he wasn't more sensitive to Russell's pain uh, in terms of facing the racism in Boston and around the league. And so anyway, um, I highlighted that, that it needed deeper probing. So I wrote back and reminded Jeff of this. And I said, you know, I, I don't know if, if Mr. Cousy is up for talking about these you know, sort of meaning of life questions. I didn't know this till the other day, but, you know, Bob doesn't have a computer. So, so Jeff printed out my email and sent it to him. And four days <laughs> later, I heard a voice on my answering machine, unmistakably Bob Cousy, saying that he was available for an interview any day of the week that ended in Y. Gary, <laughs> I, Gary, I, Bob, I mean, you look at his career, he, he kind of transcended because he's in the league a lot longer than Russ. Those Celtics teams struggled, but he, taking the basketball aside, he kind of watched Red Auerbach and, and the Celtics start drafting African-American players. And so he was part of that process by accepting them. So where do the regrets come in where, where, when it comes to Russell's? And once they got out of the gym? No, you're spot on with that. Uh, you know, Bob, um, you know, was considered one of the good guys by the, the early African-American players in the NBA in the 1950s. In fact, he roomed with the first black player drafted uh, by an NBA team, Chuck Cooper from Duquesne. Yep. And, and that was in 1950. And they became great friends. 1950, just years after Jackie Robinson integrated baseball. Um, and, and he became such good friends with Don Barksdale, the second Af African-American mm -hmm. Celtic, uh, that when Barksdale was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2012, posthumously, his son asked Bob to present him, and he did. So, so um, you know, it, it's fascinating that he was one of the good guys in this sense, and yet still he has regrets. Look, it's very unusual for um, great athletes who have grown old um, to take it on this way. Most of them embellish and they, they burnish the stories they tell about themselves. You know, the, the, the fish they caught grows from the guppy into a whale. And, and Pop doesn't do that. He's not gilding any lilies. Um, to the contrary, he's, he's drawing attention to, you know, one of his failings. And um, he's saying, this is who I was. And it's his dying declaration. I should have done more. Yeah. I mean, people... People in this country today could learn from that, let me tell you. Well, you they guys... could, and, you know, I must, I must tell you that, you know, in the, we have these uh, protests in the NFL, yep. and, and certainly players have their right to, to, to do what they will with that, whether to participate or not. But, you know, I think Bob Cousy stands as a compelling example for players in, in the NFL, particularly white players who are sympathetic to, the, have to you... those protests. But Gary, have you heard anything, anything from... about it? Have you heard anything from NFL players that, that are in, involved in the protests and have, you know, I don't even have to embellish. Everybody knows the story, what's going on with the NFL. Have you heard from any of them recounting what, what Bob has done in this book? Well, you know, um, I teach at Stanford in a graduate program in journalism, and two of my former students are 
you know, have played in the NFL. One of them, Richard Sherman, is still playing in the NFL, and the other, Kobe Fleener, um, his career just ended after six seasons. And I and I talked with them about it, and and um, Richard Sherman said 100%. You know, this um, is uh, is is an example of what many of the players, white players, will be feeling in the NFL. You know, uh, we know, of course, in America, when the when conscience bumps up against the wallet conscience does not often win yeah. and um and and you know nfl players they have short careers many of them have contracts that are not guaranteed mm-hmm. uh and their owners uh, wouldn't be very happy with with protests and so um you know bob comes from a different time and he you know you mentioned meeting the other day with with the players yeah. um you know uh brad stevens read my book the last pass and has been very kind and very complimentary, and I'm grateful for that. But he, he asked if we would send 20 copies ahead so that he could give them to all the assistant coaches and the players so they could read them in advance of our visit, which was on Tuesday of this week, just, just two days ago. And um, I don't know if it's because, uh, you know, I teach, but as Bob was talking, I found myself staring into the eyes of the students. Uh, in this case, you know, Kyrie and Jalen and... And, and, and even Brad Stevens, and they were wide-eyed watching uh, Kuzi. I mean, it, it's, it's, it'd be like Babe Ruth showing up to, to a Yankee workout. Right. Yeah, they, the, the team put up a couple photos of Bob addressing the team and stuff, and it did. It kind of looked like a, a wise professor in front of a bunch of wide-eyed students, you know, speaking to him and, and pushing his wisdom off on them. What was his main message when he was talking to the team what what did he uh what did he you know focus on when he was meeting with team with the team and the coaching staff well he was sort of all across the board you know he talked about a lot about Mm self-motivation you know about you shouldn't need anyone to to motivate you you know you shouldn't need a newt rockney speech and uh that's when brad interrupted and said uh they know they're not going to get that from me (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, not a speech maker and um you know, Danny Ainge made the point that he was the only one in the room that actually had seen Kuzi play. Everyone, yeah. obviously, the players are younger. I mean, you know, um, uh, you look at Tatum, he's 20 years old. He's 70 years younger than Kuzi. That's amazing. Um, wow. You know, these you think that Kuzi was playing in the NBA during the Truman administration. And here he was. And he's so vibrant. He's so alive. And he's got so much to say. When I was a kid, I was just telling Chris prior to, to, to hit and record here. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to listen to Bob Cousy and Tommy Heinsohn call the games for the Celtics. And it was always such a treat to do that. And I'm lucky enough to have been old enough to, to remember that. Um, in the, so you, see, you say you saw the white of the, their eyes, the players. Um, so light bulbs certainly went off in that room. And, and you have some really serious guys in that room, guys like Kyrie and Jalen, you mentioned, who have both kind of spoken up on race. Did, these, did the players get time with Bob alone, one-on-one, after the meeting? Well, the only one who did was Kyrie, that I'm aware of. Uh, and I'm aware of it because I watched them uh, do a, you know, have a conversation for a, a video that I think is going to be shown later on Celtics.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was extraordinary. You know, they were talking about the nuances of playing the point, uh, and, you know, Kuzi and Kyrie and, and just going back and forth. And, and uh, it was special. It was one of those beautiful multi-generational Celtic moments. 
Chris, I know I'm dominating this, but I, I, I'm going to no. throw it back to you in one second. I got, I've been covering the team for many years now, and I've been fortunate enough to run into guys like Satch and, and Havlicek and even Russell. I've, I've never ran into Takuzi. Um, so, the, you know, as of two days ago, I was texting Chris, who was at the practice facility, telling him how jealous I am uh, that I didn't get to see Mr. Kuzi. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is I hope that the players, and I think they do, realize that these guys are, are, are gems and they're, they're starting to fade now. So to have Bob Kuzi come in like that, Man, as a as a journalist, it inspires me. So I certainly hope that that the players and they seem to have been uh, inspired as well. So Chris, I'm going to throw it to you now because I, I could, you know, I could go on for two hours with Gary here about <laughs> history. <laughs> completely, completely. Uh, have do you know if you know there has been any final question about about the book and about correspondence? You know, post publishing, has there any uh, been any correspondence between Bill and and Bob? I know that Kuzi sent him a letter and uh about three years ago i think it was and a book and that was like one of their last lines of communication has there been any communication since the book has come out between you and bill between Kuzi and bill well um you know the one thing i, I should make clear is you know when Kuzi has these regrets it's he you know really twofold one he wishes that he had spoken out publicly about right. the racism that russell faced uh, and two, that he, as captain of the team, and remember, Kuzi was captain from 1950 all the way to the end of his career with the Celtics in 1963. He wishes mm-hmm. that he he privately gone to Russell and said, Russ, I've got your back. Um, you know, he, the title of my book, The Last Pass, refers to the letter uh, you just uh, mentioned. Right. You know, when Kuzi and I were talking, having these conversations, there was so much going on, um, a lot of drama and tension in American uh, race relations, you know, from from Trayvon Martin to the rise of Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and, and Ferguson. And Kuzi was watching it all play out on his TV in, in uh, Worcester. And, and that sparked our conversations and in some parts sparked him. You know, he wrestled through the night, tossed and turned, and he, he decided he wanted, you know, it was on his end of life to-do list to close the circle with Russell. And he decided, no, I don't want to do this by telephone. And so he did what Bob Cousy often does. He wrote a letter, a page and a half letter, um, in which he apologized yet again to Russell uh, and said, you know, he was the man, he was the captain, and he should have reached out. And um, he regretted it. Uh, and, and so two and years passed, two and a half years passed without a response. Uh, and then finally, in the middle of August, just a couple of months ago, the phone rang on a Sunday night at Bob's house, and he saw in his caller ID it was from Seattle. First, he thought it was his daughter who lives in Seattle, and uh, it wasn't. He picked up the phone. The voice said in a very, you know, sort of slow, quiet tone, um, Bob, this is Bill Russell. I'm calling to see how you're doing. God. And, um, you know, so um, there's a lot in this. And, you know, I think when... When we're young, we aspire to be a great man. Mm-hmm. And when we get to Bob's point in life, uh, when we have a little more wisdom and context, we realize life is not eternal. Uh, we want to be a good man. And, and um, particularly in these times, I think Bob Cousy rises to that level. Incredible. As, as Brad Stevens said, if you're a history buff, if you're a basketball buff, this is a must-read. The last pass, Cousy, Russell, and the Celtics, and... 
what Chris, matters in the more. end. Don't, don't yeah, crap yet. I got one, <laughs> one more. more. Let's do it. One more question. It's yeah. a lighter question, Gary. How in God's name does Bob Cousy get away? He's probably the only person I've ever heard in my life only refer to Red Auerbach as Arnold. Well, as as all of your listeners know, Bob has a speech impediment. And yes. He, you know, the R's become L's. And when mm-hmm. he would call me and leave a message, it was always Gally Pomeranz. Right. He couldn't say red. It would come out as L-E-D. It'd be more like lead. But he could say Arnold without oh, impediment. <laughs> there you and, go. And so uh, that's what he did. That's great. There you that go. is just great. Gary, thank you for coming on again. The Last Pass, Koozie Russell, the Celtics, and What Matters in the End is now out in hardcover, ebook, and all audio formats. Gary, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the Thanks, time. Thanks, Gary. Oh, it's fun to talk about this with you guys. Thanks so much. Great stuff from Gary there. I mean, that's not, Oof. you know, it's not the average interview you get in the during the basketball season, but I think it's pretty amazing to kind of be a fly on the wall with Gary and Bob Cousy's interactions with the team earlier this week and just a behind the scenes look at what it takes to write a deep book like this, what it takes to you know, kind of have that inner reflection as a 90-year-old. Bob Cousy's 90 years old, and he's going through some pretty serious self-reflection, and, and Gary did a wonderful job kind of diving in. What were your takeaways from talking with Gary, Nick? I think you said it all when you said it there, Chris. Uh, to, the fact that a legendary basketball player – I mean, let's not forget, Cousy had some guest appearances in films. He was great in Blue Chips. That's right. I don't know if that's you ever right. saw that. He yeah, was that's great right. He was. I loved finding out, you know, why he was allowed to call – uh, Red Auerbach Arnold, which yep. which I never knew that. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway is we're not a political podcast, nor do I want to get into politics. Of course, the subject matter is slightly political. And for a 90-year-old white man to be able to, with the success that he's had, to be able to be introspective, like you said, and and, and vocalize his regrets with both Bill Russell and public at large with this book just goes to show what a man he is and it's an inspiration to uh to everybody of all race to just get along yeah you know so it's fitting it's fitting for what's occurring in the country right now it's fitting for the topics that are surrounding the game of basketball now with the whole shut up and dribble mantra and the way that the nba players have responded to that in the best way possible so it, it really is fitting despite a lot of this book taking place in the 1960s, late 1950s, you know? Yeah. My last, Chris, before you wrap is, it, yeah. I know a lot of our listeners are are young. I mean, compared to Mr. Cousy, I'm even young on my birthday. So, um, <laughs> but please, 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 to and I hate to be the old man, you know, get off my lawn, but please, if you're listening and you don't know Bob Cousy's full story or the Bill Russell civil rights full story, please do some research because these guys, whether Kuzi has regrets or not, and I mentioned it to, to Gary, he he had a hand in in uh, in the civil rights movement too because the, the African American players were integrated on a team where that was all white, where he was the captain and he accepted them. So please, please realize what these guys did uh, for this country back in a time where divisiveness was was, believe it or not, probably worse than it is today. So such a great lesson on, on a, uh, you know, on a, I guess an off day. I know the Celtics are playing tonight, but we're not at practice because they're in Oklahoma. So right. just good, good, good stuff, Chris. Yeah, great stuff. As I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Brad Stevens hit the nail on the head. If you're a history buff, if you're a basketball buff, this is a must read. 
So The Last Pass by Gary Pomerantz, officially out today on hardcover, ebooks, audio formats. I'll put a link in the podcast description so you can give it a try, but definitely, definitely give it a read. Nick, Celtics Thunder tonight before heading to Detroit on Saturday and then returning to TD Garden early next week against the Pistons. We'll have you covered at CLNS Media, at Celtics Blog. We'll be talking, man.